this evening, and if you are a guest tonight, first time, first couple of times, I don't don't be sitting down. You're going to stand right back up in just a minute. So if you need to exercise, that's fine. But welcome to you and those that are watching us online tonight. We welcome you as a part of this service tonight as well, wherever you may be. And uh, Sister, Sister Gross, if you don't mind, I'm going to just relay that for you. Sister Gross wanted to also add in there her appreciation and acknowledgement of Brother Mallory and his support. Brother Trombley was serving in the role of Antioch U uh, for since we, I guess, kind of started. But Brother Mallory has stepped in there, and she wanted to acknowledge that he's been a, a blessing and a help to her as well. So if you need support, there's plenty of support. We want to do whatever we can to help you grow. Amen. That's, that's part of our responsibility. Part of our responsibility is to help you grow. Now, I don't mean this to be unkind. If you don't want to grow, then, then that's on you. But it is our job to make sure we're providing the tools for you to grow. So, amen. And um, also, in case you missed some very significant news uh, this past week, uh, Jacob and Elizabeth are having a boy. So, um, and I don't care if it's a boy or a girl. I don't care. So, but it is it is a boy. So, um, amen. Praise God. I, um, you know, I, I I've said this before. From my perspective, Brother Middleton, I think I was a little more bold in my preaching when I was younger and I've letting I've letting wow what in the world I've let I've let a variety of things intimidate me from time to time but the 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 problem is this you know when 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 they box in a boxing match they got they got gloves on and other types of fighting Brother Tommy ought to know this by now by heart, but what is it you train and teach? Muay Thai. I've seen some videos, pictures, and when you're sparring, is that the right term? You got, you got pads on. Hopefully this doesn't backfire on me. won't be the first time something backfired. But if, if somebody takes their gloves off, who's, 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 who's got the... Uh, let me ask, who's going to suffer more? The guy with the gloves on? Can I tell you, in case you haven't noticed, the devil's taking his gloves off. And the problem is we got too many preachers and saints and Christians that are still, unfortunately, some of them aren't even sparring with gloves on. They're They're just shadow boxing. And and uh, we we we're in a day and time that the gloves got to come off. And don't don't misunderstand me. I'm not talking about that means being unkind and harsh and mean, but but it does mean preaching truth, preaching what the Word of God says. And I I have it 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 wasn't it wasn't the specific ministry. Uh, that was that this wasn't preached about this week at the men's conference, but once again, 
I, I was just challenged with regards to my responsibility. Uh, on Friday evening, Brother Emery preached a powerful message, um, and and it it had a lot to do with the the, the importance of a of a pastor in your life, and and while I just as you need a pastor. It was more, to me, the message was more about the challenge of the role and the responsibility that I have. And if that's how important the pastor is in somebody's life, then God help me to please do the job that I'm supposed to do to be the pastor that people need. And there is, once again tonight, it happened a couple of Sunday nights ago, there is once again... And, and some of what's been sung here tonight, I feel like there's just another deep call of the Spirit of the Lord that's that's going out. And, and just because God is and will continue doing unprecedented things, as I've said in various ways, that doesn't mean we just put it on cruise control. In fact, it's the opposite. If God's going to do unprecedented things, that means we need to amp things up on our end. So you'll go with me to Second Kings chapter number four, or excuse me, fourteen. Second Kings chapter fourteen, and again reading with verse number one, and this is another one of those things that in the course of the last several weeks of my morning reading has just jumped out at me felt impressed of the Lord to minister from these verses this evening. 2 Kings 14, beginning with verse number 1, and, and, and just to kind of give you a little context, really what's going on at this point in, in 2 Kings is, is the, uh, the, the chronology, I think is the way to say it, the chronology of the kings of Israel. And with some, there's a little more depth of information than others, but, but this is basically a part of that. That's been going on before this, and it continues after it. And so it says in Second Kings 14, verse number 1, In the second year of Joash, son of Jehoahaz, king of Israel, reigned Amaziah, the son of Joash, king of Judah. So at this point, there's, there's Israel and there's, and there's Judah, and Amaziah... The son of Joash is the king of Judah. He was 20 and 5 years old when he began to reign. And reigned 20 and 9 years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Jehoadan of Jerusalem. Now, listen, listen to verse 3 here. And what you'll find if you've, if you've never read through before and read about the kings of Israel, you'll find that pretty much with every king, it will tell you that they either did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, or they did not do that which was right in the sight of the Lord. And so here it says with regards to Amaziah, he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. But these next, this next phrase in between the comma and the colon got my attention. He did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, yet not like David his father. He did according to all things as Joash his father did. And Here's another thing you'll find that's pretty much included with it, each king. 
is whether or not they dealt with the high places or did not deal with the high places. And with regards to Amaziah, he did what was right in the sight of the Lord. But I want you to notice two things. Not like David, his father. And howbeit the high places were not taken away. As yet the people did sacrifice and burn incense on the high places. The Living Bible says, verse number 3, this way. He was a good king in the Lord's sight. Though not quite like his ancestor, David. Then the Message Bible says it this way. He lived the way God wanted and did the right thing. But he didn't come up to the standards of his ancestor, David. Instead, he lived pretty much as his father, Joash, had. I want to preach to you for a little while tonight by the help of the Lord from the phrase, yet not like David, his father. Lord, I feel such a deep moving of your spirit in this place again tonight. The worship the, the, the tone of the worship, the content of the worship, God. I believe there's something deep that you are wanting to do in this place tonight. I pray, God, by your grace that you would help us never to reach a point where we feel like we've arrived and we can just put everything on cruise control and just coast our way into heaven, coast our way through the end times. But Lord, as the... As the one of the songs that we've sung this evening expressed that hunger and desire that I just want you. Let there be an increasing desire in us for you, God, for the things of you. That we would not become content and satisfied. That we would not find some level where we're, we're comfortable and become at ease. But that that hunger and passion would only continue to grow with the more you do in us and through us. I pray, God, that the work of your Spirit would be done in this place tonight. Lord, I don't want to sound trite, but I pray that once again tonight you would help me not to just preach a sermon because that's a part of a service. But I pray, God, that you would let me be a mouthpiece, a vessel, a conduit that you could use to do a work of your Spirit in this place tonight. I trust you tonight. I depend on you tonight, Lord, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. He he did what was right in the sight of the Lord. But not, not like David, his father. He did what was right in the sight of the Lord, but but there was there was a gap in between how David lived and and how Amaziah lived. And verse number four, verse or excuse me, verse number uh, three says that that he did all things as as Joash his father did. The implication uh, uh, there, and especially reading in the other translations that I read to you, implies that that it's not just Amaziah. That, that didn't live quite like David. But in fact, Joash, Amaziah's father, was, was similar to that, that. That he didn't live quite like David, 
His Father. Can I tell you tonight, there is a danger with every new generation of the level of dedication and commitment dropping off a little bit. There is a danger with every generation that grows up in the church, Brother Middleton, of not being quite as dedicated and committed as parents and as grandparents were. We are, we are in a place really like we've never been before, where we now have multiple generations that have been a part of this church. We've, we've always had older people a part of the church, but for a long time those older people got saved as older people. But there are people that are sitting in this place tonight. I, I can look around and I see several families, Sister Gross and Brother Gross being one. She's already been up here. but I, And I know when you start calling names, you, you, you leave some people out. I'm not trying to slide anybody. And there's, there's probably way more than this that I can call. But I, I see Brother and Sister Bishop and I, I see Brother and Sister Evans. Brother Evans and I were talking a couple of days ago and, and talking about when, when they got in church and, 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 and Benjamin was not even born yet their eldest was not even born brother and sister bishop when you guys got in the triplets were already you um, let me rephrase that you guys didn't get in church here you were already in church when you guys became a part of Antioch the triplets were already born but how old 18 months any any parents with 18 months 18 months old somewhere give or take a few months here none uh, all in the all in the calming room. Uh, that's understanding, understandable why. How about about if I, Brother Evans? Did I remember correct? Mister Evans was pregnant when you guys got in church. He says yes. She says no. I'm not touching that. <laughs> Somewhere around there, kind of. <laughs> I know we got. I know of at least one pregnant. I apologize to all the rest of you that might be pregnant right now, but you got pregnant at the wrong time because this is the season that there's one that I'm most concerned about. <laughs> Used to, I'm happy for all of you. I'm happy for all of you, but I'm... I, I, that's... There's others, brother, brother, sister Matt Evans... Several others, again, I can call that, that when they got in church, they're where a bunch of you are right now. The season you're in right now, they, that's when they came in. And there is a danger if we're not careful. It, it just, it's, it's what happens if we don't do something, if we're not intentional. Every generation, it, it may be said that you follow the Lord. Amaziah followed the Lord, but, but not quite. Not quite like David did. He, he followed the Lord. The Lord was a part of his life. But, but not quite like David. And again, it says here that he, 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 he didn't deal with the high places. Howbeit the high places were not taken away. There's five different places in between Kings or Chronicles. There's five different places, and actually I believe the ones in Chronicles are actually referring to the same one as some of the ones in the book of Kings. But there's five different places where the Scripture makes note of the fact that the high places were not destroyed. 
And like Amaziah, there were kings who, though they, though they did what was right in the sight of the Lord, they still let the high places remain. What in the world does that have to do with us, Pastor? Hang on. You see, it's, it's, it's significant because God had already dealt with them about the high places. The high places, according to Nelson's Bible Dictionary, let me give you a little bit of context of the high places. The high place was an elevated or hilltop site dedicated to worship of pagan gods. Ancient peoples often built their shrines on hilltops. In Mesopotamia, where the land is flat, they built artificial mountains in the shape of steppe pyramids called ziggurats. The Tower of Babel was probably such. Most of the Old Testament references to high places indicate a form of pagan worship forbidden to the Israelites. But sometimes the Lord's people, with His approval, worshipped Him at elevated altars. This happened between the time Shiloh was destroyed and before the Ark of the Covenant was installed in Solomon's temple. For instance, Samuel blessed the offerings made at the high place, which perhaps was Ramah, a word which itself means high place. At nearby Gibeon, there was a high place. During the reign of David, the tabernacle was there. At this high place, Solomon made many sacrifices, had his dream, and asked God for wisdom. After this early period in Israel's history, all high places mentioned in the Bible were off limits to God's people. In Leviticus 26 and 30, God promised to destroy the high places which He knew His people would later build. They probably got the idea for such shrines of worship from the native Canaanites. They knew better. The kings knew better. They knew that not only are you supposed to follow God and do what is right in the sight of the Lord, but you also need to deal with the high places. Again, in this context, literally places that were elevated, but that were elevated places that were dedicated to the worship of some kind of pagan God, some kind of a God that wasn't the one true living God. And several kings that even though they did what was right in the sight of the Lord, they let the high places stay. I'm going to tell you, this is one of those messages where I'm not here trying to preach to everybody tonight. I'm not going to tell you, I don't know who you are. I'm going to let you and Jesus figure that out. But but I'm not here to preach to everybody tonight. The, the Bible talks about those, some bring forth 30, some 60, some 100 fold. And, and, and you know what? There, there's, you, can, you, can, you can go to heaven from various levels of commitment. Not everybody going to heaven is living at the same level of commitment. I'll give you, to me, what I think is one primary example of that is the Apostle Paul talks about those that built with wood, hay, and stubble. And those that built with gold, silver, and precious stones. 
And that whatever you built with was going to be tried with fire. That every man's work, every man's work is going to be tried by fire. And those that decided to live at a level of commitment that was built with wood, hay, and stubble. When you're tried by fire, there's not going to be anything left that you built. But those that were willing to live at a level of commitment and dedication that it cost them something. In fact, it didn't just cost them something, but it cost them everything. When the fire comes to test what they built, nothing's going to be destroyed. It's not even going to be damaged because silver, gold, and precious stones are not destroyed by fire. They are only purified more by fire. But then Paul says this, every man's works are going to be tested depending on what they built with. And again, if they built with wood, hay, or stubble, there's not going to be anything left. But then he goes on to say they're all going to be saved. The people he's talking about, they're going to be saved. He's not talking about salvation. So, so I, I'm not trying to be offensive to anybody tonight. But the bottom line is some of you are building with wood, hay, and stubble. When you try to get by on as lowest level of commitment to your walk with God and the kingdom of God as you can, you're building, but you're building with wood, hay, and stubble. I pray that somehow the Holy Ghost would convict some of you tonight to make up your mind and instead of building with something that cannot withstand the fire, you're going to start to pay the price to build with some gold and some silver and some precious stones. But let me tell you who I've really come to preach to tonight are those of you that have already made up your mind to build with gold, silver and precious stones but I've also come to challenge you tonight that just because you're doing things that are right in the sight of the Lord, don't allow some high places to remain in your life because while you may be doing what is right in the sight of the Lord if you let some high places remain there's coming a point in time it's going to cost you we can get a little more context of Amaziah and a little more background of what is said here in Kings if we go to 2nd Chronicles chapter 25 and verse number 1 in 2nd Chronicles 25 and 1 speaking of the same one we just read about in 2nd Kings 14 Chronicles says Amaziah was 20 and 5 years old when he began to reign and he reigned 20 and 9 years in Jerusalem and his mother's name was Jehoiadan of Jerusalem and he did that which was right in the in the sight of the Lord but but I realize with slang in 2023, some of your mind's going to go someplace else. (laughs) But I don't want there to be a, a but after. He did that was right, but. I don't want there to be a qualification after doing that which was right in the sight of the Lord. I, I don't want there to be a comma to say he did that which was right, but, but I just got you to know he didn't do it perfectly. 
I don't think perfectly here is talking about without mistake or, or without failure, but it's talking about doing it in a way that you are absolutely sold out to following what God has and doing what is right in whose sight? You guys are at where men's conference. I, I like what Brother Emery does. He wants it when he wants some feedback. He did what was right in the sight of the Lord, but not with a perfect heart. Now it came to pass when the kingdom was established to him that he slew his servants that had killed the king his father. But he slew not their children, but did as it is written in the law in the book of Moses, where the, where the Lord commanded, saying, The fathers shall not die for the children, neither shall the children die for the fathers. But every man shall die for his own sin. Moreover, Amaziah gathered Judah together and made them captains over thousands and captains over hundreds according to the houses of their fathers throughout all Judah and Benjamin. And he numbered them from 20 years old and above and found them 300,000 choice men able to go forth to war that could handle spear and shield. Now watch this. He hired also, he's the king of Judah But he hired also a hundred thousand mighty men of valor out of Israel for a hundred talents of silver. I don't know in today's term how much money that is, but it's a lot. Now watch this. There came a man of God to him. There, There came the prophet to him saying, O king, let not the army of Israel go with thee, for the Lord is not with Israel to wit with all the children of, Is- of, 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 of Egypt, or excuse me, of Ephraim. And, and again, I, I realize some of you, you, maybe you're newer at all of this, and, and, and you haven't gone through grow yet, and so maybe you haven't learned some of this. But there came a point in time where the kingdom of Israel was divided into two kingdoms. It was the kingdom of Israel and the kingdom of Judah. Two different kingdoms. And at this point in time, that's, that's what the, that's, that's the, the scenario. There are two different kingdoms. And again, Amaziah is the king of Judah. But as he is about to go out to war, he goes and hires some men from Israel. He decided. We're about to go out and fight, and I need a little help, so I'll, I'll, go to the, I'll go to the guys in Israel. And I will hire men to come and fight. A hundred talents of silver. But then the man of God comes. Oh, Jesus. Then the man of God comes and says, Oh king, don't, don't let the army of Israel go with you. Verse 8, If you will go, do it. Be strong for the battle. God shall make thee fall before the enemy. For God hath power to help and to cast down. He, the, the prophet is saying to Amaziah, don't, don't take the guys from Israel with you. If you're going to go, you go. You go because God is with you. He's going to fight with you. It's going to all be all right. But but watch this. 
Amaziah said to the man of God, but, but what do I do about the money I spent? Somebody, I, I, I give you permission. I give you permission. Somebody, somebody Google real quick. How much is 100 talents of silver in today's money? I guarantee you Mr. Google knows. He knows everything. What? 141 million. A lot of money. He, 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 he's saying, I, I hear what you're saying, man of God, but you, you don't understand. I've already got an investment. Oh, Jesus. I, I've already... I've already spent a lot of money hiring some help. What am I going to do about the money that I've given to the army of Israel? What? There's no money back guarantee on this. There's no refunds. There was no 30-day cancellation. It's gone. If I send them home, I lose it. The man of God says, The Lord is able to give you much more. What verse was that? I can't find my notes. The Lord is able to give you much more than this. Don't worry about what you foolishly spent. Oh, Lord, I, I, think, I, I think I'm stalling getting to the high places. Cause... Don't, don't, don't worry, Amaziah. Don't, don't worry about what you spent. God is able to give you much more. God is able to give you back what you lost. But but I, I, I've got too much invested. I, I put too much money in it already. God will give it back. I'm preaching to some people tonight. Hang on. I, I'm going to try not to, but hang on. I might, if in, in case some of you might need a little help with what the high places might be in your life, we, we, we may get there. Some of you have got yourself invested, and I'm not talking about financial investments for the future. I'm, some of you have got yourself invested in some high places that, that you're not, you're, you know, I, I'm going to do what's right in the sight of the Lord, but don't touch this. I, I, I want to follow God, but this is off limits. I'm going to do that which is right in the sight of the Lord. But when I'm ready to go to battle, I'm going to, I'm going to decide to do it the way I want to do it. Now, now I will tell you as we read on here, thankfully Amaziah actually responded to what the man of God said. And Amaziah said to the man of God, but what shall we do for the hundred talents which I have given? Verse 10, sorry. Then Amaziah separated them to wit the army that was come to him out of Ephraim to go home again. Wherefore their anger was greatly kindled against Judah and they returned home in great anger 
And Amaziah strengthened himself and led forth his people and went to the valley of salt and smote all the children of Seir, 10,000. And other 10,000 left alive did the children of Judah carry away captive and brought them under the top of the rock and cast them down from the top of the rock and that they all were broken in pieces. That's all great, isn't it? It's all well and good. Man of God came to Amaziah. Go fight the battle, but you don't need to take the men of Israel with you. But, 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 but I, I got all this invested. I'm going to lose it all. What about what I'm going to lose? That's okay. God can give you back more than what you lose. Wonderful, awesome. And so then Amaziah sends the guys he hired home. I guess I don't quite understand it. If I was one of those guys... And got sent home, I think I'd have been, okay, (laughs) y'all go fight your own battles. But that's not what happened. They got angry. They got upset because they were being sent home and not allowed to go fight. And watch this. The soldiers of the army which Amaziah sent back, that they should not go with him to battle, fell upon the cities of Judah. From Samaria even unto Beth Haran and smote there and smote 3,000 of them and took much spoil. The Bible exposition commentary says this if we would seek the Lord's will before we rush into disobedience, we would avoid a great deal of trouble. Read that again, Pat. You know, it's always amazing. Whenever I don't really want to repeat something for certain, somebody will say, say it again. And then when I want to say something again, nobody will say, say it again. So I'm telling myself, say it again. If we would seek the Lord's will before we rush into disobedience, we would avoid a great deal of trouble. Now listen to this. But even after we change our minds and decide to obey the Lord, often there are still painful consequences to endure. Amaziah made the right decision to send the guys from Israel home. He obeyed what the man of God said, but there was a price that was still paid for the disobedience. Does God forgive when we repent? Absolutely. Is God faithful to forgive whenever we repent? Absolutely. But does God's forgiveness automatically wipe away the consequences of our sins? No, it does not. And Amaziah had to experience that firsthand. That if I would have just consulted the man of God before I made my decisions, not only could I save some money, but I also could have saved myself some heartache. Because three, I think it said 3,000, 3,000 men of Judah lost their lives. Because while Amaziah did what was right in the sight of the Lord, he didn't do it 
the same way his father David did. Oh, Jesus. Maybe this is one of the reasons why, Brother Middleton, I used to preach like this and try not to anymore. (laughs) I'm preaching to some people tonight that God has called you to some amazing things. God's got a purpose and a plan for your life that is exceeding abundantly above what you could ask or think. The bottom line is some of you, God, show me what you're going to do through my life. Show me how you're going to use me. And He's not doing it. And you're so frustrated. And you think, well, He's not showing me because He hadn't called me. No, I'm going to tell you why a bunch of you, God's not showing you. Because if God showed you what He ultimately has planned to do through you, you wouldn't believe it anyway. Not me. Gideon, thou mighty man of valor. Me? Do you see where I am? Do you see what I'm doing? I'm hiding behind a wine press because I'm afraid of the enemy. And the angel says, no, you're, you're a mighty man of valor. And I'm preaching to some men and some women, young and old in this place tonight, that you are some mighty men and women of valor. And you don't even know what you are yet because God hasn't showed you yet. Because if again, if He showed you, you wouldn't believe it. The problem is this, just because you don't know it yet and just because you haven't seen it all yet doesn't mean you wait to live like it. You don't wait till God starts doing it in and through your life to have the level of commitment and dedication that matches up to the calling and the purpose that God has. you got to make up your mind long before. Not only am I going to follow God, not only am I going to do what is right in the sight of the Lord, but I want to do it like those that came before me did it. I, I don't know that... This, this, how much this has gotten out and whatever, and I don't know supposed to be out or not out, and it's in the past basically anyway. So I guess if I get in trouble, I get in trouble. But but uh, I, I I talked about uh, two. No, last Sunday morning, last Sunday morning was Mother's Day. Wow, what in the world? I, I talked in the course of my message last Sunday morning. I mentioned my grandmother. I, 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 I get done with service, and I may have greeted a few folks. I don't even remember, but I, my wife comes. I need you to come to the conference room. I go find out that my grandmother's not feeling well. So I went over, and I, I visited with her for a few minutes, prayed with her, talked to her, and, and, and I think I referenced it Sunday night. She's, she's ready to go. She's okay with staying, but but she's I and I don't mean necessarily ready to go in the sense of let's go. I mean she's 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 at peace. And so uh, we 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 were leaving two Mondays ago. That was two Mondays ago. It was a little bit longer, I thought, than that. Two Mondays, two Sundays ago, when that happened. And, Went over and saw her. We were supposed to, my wife and I were supposed to be leaving early the next morning to go to California. A couple of days, just her and I, and then and then the rest of the crew joining us for Timothy's graduation. And so, went over there and talked to her and prayed with her. Felt felt peace about the fact she wasn't going anywhere. Going to be all right. And and uh, end up 
The next day, I think it was, she ends up going to the hospital. Ends up spending several days in the hospital and adjusting some medicine and this and that. and Ended up sending her home. And so we got got back home, as many of you know, late last Saturday night and hit the ground running trying to catch up and all that stuff. And finally, uh, on, um, I don't know, it doesn't really matter, one day this week, <laughs> my wife and I went by to visit with her for a little while and was sitting there. She said, she said, you know, you get, you get, you get all, this is a little bit of a paraphrase, but when you get older, you know, they do all this stuff to patch you up and help keep you going. But then finally, you just, you got to trade it in. And she said, I'm ready. I'm excited. I'm looking forward. I've, she's lived her life for this. I don't want to. I don't want if there's if there's a chronicles of pastors somewhere. I don't want there to be written somewhere that David, this David, did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, but not like his grandmother. I I, I don't want there to be a drop off. I don't want there to be a decrease of commitment. David did what was right in the sight of the Lord, but not quite like his grandmother. I wanted to be able to be said that he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, and he did it like his grandmother did it. I don't want it to be said of Antioch Central that we did what was right in the sight of the Lord, but not like some folks that came in the 70s did, and not like some folks that were in the 80s did. I I don't want it to be said of us that we did what was right in the sight of the Lord, but that there was a little bit of a drop-off in commitment and dedication and sacrifice. I want to know, is there anybody here tonight? And I'm not really here to preach to to a natural age group but is there anybody here tonight that's a part of a younger generation of Antioch that there's something inside of you that says we want to follow God we want to do what is right in the sight of the Lord but don't let it be said that there was a drop off from us and the previous generation Don't let it be said that we did what was right in the sight of the Lord, but we left the high places. Can I tell you what some of the high places are? Or can I describe to you, not necessarily tell you what they are, but can I give you a description so that maybe you can fill in the blanks if there's some that you have? I'll tell you what some high places are in the context for you and I. It's the things in your life that are off limits. Oh, Jesus. It's the things in your life that are off limits from the pulpit. You can, you can touch this, pastor, and you can preach about that, and you can challenge me with this, but leave this alone. <laughs> you, 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 can, you can mess with all that other stuff, but leave this alone. That, that's, that, no, that's off limits. 
You can tell me this and you can tell me that, but, but, but that's off limits. And some of you got some investments in some things. You've got some high places because you have literally spent some money in those things and you don't, they're, they're off limits. And I've come to tell you tonight in the Holy Ghost, I'm not here preaching about whether or not you're going to be saved, but I am here to tell you tonight, you will never make the full potential of what God has for you if you decide, I've got some high places that I'm going to follow God, but, but these things are going to remain. Well, follow God, Pastor, but don't tell me what's right and wrong with my entertainment. I'm going to follow God, Pastor, but don't tell me what's right and wrong to watch. Let me, let me tell you what the high places are in your life. It's the things that you default to talking about. Oh, help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. This ain't Sunday morning, folks. I'm not here preaching to guests. I'm preaching to committed people. Why are you preaching to us as committed people? Because if kings could do what was right in the sight of the Lord and still allow high places, then you and I aren't exempt from that. So I'm going to say it again. If you're trying to figure out, do you have any high places? What is the thing you default to talking about the most? What's the conversations you enjoy the most? What do you know the most about? Do you know more about the stats of those that are playing in the NBA playoffs right now? Do you know more about the statistics of the guys that are playing in the, in the playoffs right now than you know things about Peter and James and John and the rest of the disciples and the apostles? Do you know more about those guys and what they're doing than you know about what's written in Kings and Chronicles? And Well, that's just a bunch of stuff. No, you can find some stuff in the stuff. Some of you know more about what's the latest movie out and what's the next movie coming out than you know about what's in the pages of this book. If that's the case, you may be doing some things that are right in the sight of the Lord, but I've come to challenge you tonight. You're not doing it like those that went before you, and you've got some high places. I used to... I used to preach a whole lot stronger about what we watched and shouldn't watch years ago. I've let the spirit of this age intimidate me and cause me to be quiet. Brother, one of the, one of the ministers said it. I forget which one said it. One of the sessions, the men's conference. You, you, you don't you don't set up the you don't set up the boundaries in your life at the edge. You don't set up. Well, I'm not going to watch X-rated movies. You 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 are. What fellowship? What fellowship has light with darkness? Righteousness with unrighteousness. What's your, 
What's your default topic? I gotta, I'm not trying to be unkind tonight, but I'm, 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 again, I'm not here trying to preach to sinners tonight. Do, do, do you and your friends, when you're just sitting around, do, do you ever just talk about Jesus? When you're, hang, when you're hanging out, do you ever, do you ever just talk about the, the latest thing God just showed you? Not, not, not talking about the latest thing I preach. You ever just sit around and say, man, I just, I got, man, you, I was reading the other day and, and man, I came across this and I know that's only what preachers do. It's only, it's only preachers that sit around and all they ever talk about is God. Really? Really? Your, your high places are your default topics. Your high places are the things that when there's a choice of how you're going to spend your time. When you decide to spend your time outside of the things of God. Or when you choose, when you have to choose between the things of God and, and, and spending time in your own way. And, and you choose those things. You're showing what your high places are. I'm not here tonight preaching... In the context of what I feel, I'm not here to preach preaching that if you don't tear down your high places, you're going to hell. You're not going to make it to heaven. But I'm here tonight preaching that you're just building with wood, hay, and stubble. And it's going to get tried by fire. And when it gets tried by fire, it's not going to stand the test of time. Let me help you young folks out here, younger folks, youth, young adults. I'll tell you a high place is when you decide, when you enter into a dating relationship, that it's all right for you to do whatever you want to do in that relationship before marriage. That's a high place. So that's a high place. I realize that there are many other apostolic churches that don't teach and preach what we teach and preach here. I'm very sorry, but that's not the one you're in. At this one, we teach and preach it's good for a man not to touch a woman. Yeah, I know that's old-fashioned. I know that's out of date. I know you watch now and you watch Disney stuff where 10, 11, 12-year-olds are getting their first kiss. I'm here tonight to tell you I don't care what the world says. I don't care what other apostolics say. The Bible does not say, see how much you can handle fornication. The Bible does not say, see how much you can control fornication. The Bible says, flee. Run. Eve would have never tasted of the fruit if she would have fleed. Adam would have never eaten of the forbidden fruit if he would have fleed. But the problem was they wanted to see how much can we look 
And then how much can we handle? And as long as you, as long as you stay away from allowing it to become a part of what you are entertaining in your mind, you can flee, but you start trying to handle. You can't pray and fast enough for that. Oh, Lord. Did it, did what was right in the sight of the Lord, but not, not quite, not quite like David, his father. Oh, I wish, I wish there would be a generation of, I, I am so thankful. I, 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 I can't tell you service after service what it does for me. To look over here and see this row of young ladies, and I'm, I don't mean this sliding anybody that if you're not over here, so please, it's amazing how people can find a way to get offended over anything. I, I, I can't, wow, in fact, I, I got to be honest, I don't know, some of you other been around here a while, you can, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I... They've been through the years. It's it's not an uncommon thing to have guys sitting on the front row. But from what I remember, this is the first time in all my years of of, of ministry that I remember where there was young ladies that were sitting on a on a front row, and and then we got got some awesome young men, and 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 there's others, young men and young women sitting throughout this audience right now that that are amazing. But 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 I I don't want you. I, I've come tonight with a burden and a challenge. Would you make up your minds that you don't want it to just be said of you that you did that which was right in the sight of the Lord? But 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 not not like. Someone else. Not like those that went before you. you, 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 you it's, it's good that it can be said of you. You did that which was right. It, it's good to be said of you. Man, you sat on the front row and you, you worshipped and you engaged and you were, you were connected. But, but, but no comma. No comma that, that they did what was right yet not quite. Watch this, watch this, Second Kings 18, a couple of chapters later. Now it came to pass in the third year of Hosea, son of Elah, king of Israel, that Hezekiah, the son of Ahaz, king of Judah, began to reign. Twenty and five years old was he, when he began to reign, and he reigned twenty and nine years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was, was Abai, the daughter of Zechariah. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. But watch this. He did what was right in the sight of the Lord according to all that David, his father, did. He, he, he did all that was right in the sight of the Lord, but he also did it the way that his father David did. He removed the high places 
and break the images and cut down the groves and break in pieces the brazen serpent that Moses had made. For unto those days the children of Israel did burn incense to it and he called it Nehushtan. He trusted in the Lord God of Israel so that after him was none like him among all the kings of Judah nor any that were before him. If I read what that says there, that is saying that the one that was before him, that he did everything according to him, that he actually surpassed him. Oh God, not out of arrogance, not out of pride, not out of a wrong motive, but I wish there would be a hunger and a desire within us that says, I'm not just going to live at the level of the last generation. I'm not just going to live equal to their level of dedication and commitment, but I want it to be said of me that there's nobody like me afterwards and there's nobody like me before. After him was none like him, according none like him among all the kings of Judah, but not just those after him, even those before him. Why? Because he clave to the Lord and departed not from following him, but kept his commandments, which the Lord commanded Moses, and the Lord was with him, and he prospered whithersoever he went forth, and he rebelled against the king of Assyria and served him not. He smote the Philistines even unto Gaza and the borders thereof from the tower of the watchman to the fenced city, Amaziah made a mistake and then he tried to make up for his mistake but then he still had to suffer some consequences but Amos, but but Hezekiah did what was right in the sight of the Lord and he did it in the same way that his father David did it and he smote the Philistines from Gaza to the borders thereof he put a good old fashioned whooping on them look at the difference the difference. Amaziah did what was right in the sight of the Lord, but but not quite like David, and, and he didn't deal with the high places, and, and he had to deal with some consequences, and he didn't reach up to his full potential. But then there comes along this guy by the name of Hezekiah, who's got his mind made up. I'm not just going to do what's right in the sight of the Lord based on how I determine it's right. I'm not going to decide what's okay, what's acceptable, what's not acceptable based on my preferences, but I'm going to do it at the level that my father David did it before me. I'm going to live it based on the examples that came before me. I wonder, is there anybody in this place tonight? Is there a Hezekiah, male or female? Is there a Hezekiah in this place tonight that says, I don't want to just simply follow the Lord, but leave the high places, but I want to cut down the high places and I want to follow God the way those before me followed. Listen to what the greater men and women of the Bible commentary says about Hezekiah. Hezekiah, king of Judah, was the son and successor of the feeble and superstitious Ahaz with whom he contrasts as favorably as with his own son and successor Manasseh. 
He is, he is conspicuous in Jewish history as the first king. He is conspicuous as the first king who is said to have attempted a reformation of religion on the principles which we find formerly laid down in the book of Deuteronomy. Special interest also attaches to his reign on account of his close personal connection with the prophet Isaiah who occasionally exerted a great influence over him, especially in the memorable crisis which issued in the deliverance of Jerusalem from Sennacherib and also because of the strong light thrown upon his thrown upon his times by the cuneiform inscriptions as well as by extant extant prophecies. The reign of Hezekiah marked an important era in the history of the Jews that people had fallen into the very depth of idolatry and impurity of worship and life. They lay at the mercy of their foes, the Assyrians. The law of their God had been forgotten. The doors of his house had been closed. Altars to strange gods had been built in every corner of Jerusalem and high places and Asherahs in every city of Judah. The spirit of iniquity was rampant in the land. The the voice of religion was all but silent, and death and destruction seemed to be closing in on every side upon the ill-starred city of Jerusalem. But now Ahaz, the evil, is dead, and Hezekiah, his son, reigns in his stead. And of Hezekiah it is written that after him was none like him among all the kings of Judah, nor among him, nor among them that were before him. Oh, Jesus. Can you imagine what it would be like if it could be said one day, Declan walked with God and did what was right in the sight of the Lord and there was nobody at Antioch after Declan that was like Declan. And there was nobody that ever came before Declan at Antioch that was like Declan. I, I know, I realize you can, do, well, you can do that. You can't do that with a wrong motive. There's too, there's too great of a price for that to do it with a wrong motive. You can't do that out of pride and ego. You're, you're not going to last. You may start off with pride and ego, but the price is too great for you to stick to that if you don't have a pure motive. Oh, we've had some, we've got, we had and have some powerful women of God. My, my grandmother, when, when I was sitting there with the, the, the day, the, the Sunday morning when I got the news that she wasn't feeling well before we went to California, and I was sitting there and my aunt was there and we were sitting there and we were talking and my grandmother was talking about the fact that she, 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 she gets up early every morning. She's up by about 4, 4.30 every single morning and she talked about the fact that, you know, I, I, if, if I want to sleep later, I got to start going to bed later but she said the problem is I, I that, that that's my prayer time and I'm not going to let anything get in the way of my prayer time I, I'm not going to let anything interfere with my time with Jesus I said this a few years ago and I've experienced it twice in the last two weeks now one of the most humbling things that I I think I've ever experienced in my life two weeks ago when I my, my grandmother boy she's old school some of you know what I'm saying She's old school in a lot of ways. One of the ways that she's old school is she believes the scripture says that you're to call for the elders and they're supposed to anoint you with oil. A couple days before that, I'd heard she might not be feeling too well and my wife told me, if you go, you need to make sure you take some oil. And I left here that morning. I didn't think about any oil. 
My aunt said, Mama, you got some vegetable oil or something? She said, oil's oil. So she, Ron, my Aunt Rhonda got out the oil, and I don't know, some kind of cooking vegetable oil. It wasn't holy virgin extra oil. It was just oil. She slapped some on her hands, and I dabbed it on mine. And I'm going to tell you, I, 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 I beg of you, hear me, please. If you Don't just hear me, but feel my spirit. But standing there taking my hand with oil and putting it on my grandmother's head is one of the most humbling experiences because I know this is a woman that spends time with God. She said, I, I think it was the other day or that day, that first time a couple weeks ago I pray for you every day I said I know and that's one reason why I don't want you to leave I know that's selfish but I I don't want you to go anywhere because I know that every morning before daylight you're calling out my name in prayer you're talking to God for me I am absolutely 100% certain that what I have who I am, what I do yes I've done some things to commit myself and dedicate myself and consecrate myself but I'm absolutely certain that I'm living on the prayers of a grandmother who talks to God every day for hours and hours a day I don't want to get to the end and as he said David walked with God but not quite got some other women of God in this place that know how to pray and know how to touch God Emily 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 did what was right in the sight of God and and then there was no woman before and there was no woman after you. You got a heritage sitting back there, Emily. And you know what? Let's be honest. For some of us, we've got a heritage that if we lived a notch of commitment below that heritage, we'd still be living above most. If I just took it down a notch from my grandmother and what she's lived for 70 plus years of her life I'd still be a lot more committed than a lot of other people but is that really all that I want is that really all that you want or is there something inside of you that says don't let it be said of me that I walked with God and did what was right in the eyes of the Lord but but not quite kept some high places. Uh, Pastor, I love you. I trust you, but but don't touch that. Don't mess with that. I I got too much invested in it. What am I going to do if I let go of it? What am I going to do if I give that up? I've spent too much money on this. I've spent too much money on that. You might need to deal with that high place. Malachi chapter 3, verse number 13. We, 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 we can so easily get focused on all that's going on in the world, all the ungodliness, all the immorality and the increase of it and things getting worse and worse. These verses that I'm about to read to you, it's not God speaking to the heathen. It's not God speaking to the lost. 
It's, God, it's not God speaking to the reprobate, to the sinner. He's speaking to His people. And to His people, He says, Your words have been stout against me, saith the Lord. Yet you say, What have we spoken so much against you? Here's what you've spoken against me. You've said, it, It's vain to serve God. And what profit is it that we have kept His ordinance and that we have walked mournfully before the Lord of hosts and now we call the proud happy, yea, that they that work wickedness are set up, yea, they that tempt God are even delivered. Kind of sounds like what the psalmist was saying in Psalm 73. I was looking at the prosperity of the wicked and, and it seemed like everything was good for them and I'm trying to live pure and righteous and what's it getting me? I still got problems. In fact, it seems like I've got more problems than them. That's, that's in essence what he's saying here. Let me read those verses to you from the Message Bible. God says, you've spoken hard, rude words to me. You ask, when did we ever do that? When you said, it doesn't pay to serve God. What do we ever get out of it? When did we... When, when, we, when we did what he said and went around with long faces, serious about God of the angel armies, what difference did it make those who take life into their own hands are the lucky ones. They break all the rules and get ahead anyway. They push God to the limit and get by with it. I've told this before and I'm going to tell it again tonight. Most of you know it, born and raised in this. Got the Holy Ghost when I was seven years old, got baptized, seven years old. Been in church all my life. I haven't always done it as well as I should. Haven't always been as intentional and focused as I needed to be, but I've I've always always been here. I've, I've literally never Smoke one cigarette. I've never done any illicit drugs. I've never tasted, literally never tasted alcohol. I was a virgin when I got married. First kiss was at the altar. I didn't, I didn't say we didn't hold hands. And, and years ago, this was back in the days, how many of you were back in the days, the first couple of meet meetings, and we did the youth one. I know there's a few more than that. I was in my, it was 1997, 97, 98 or so, I don't remember, I don't think we did the youth one the first year, I think we did it the second year. The year Manifest started was the year Elizabeth was born. That's how I can keep track. Meet, sorry, meet at that time. I would have been 96. I would have been 25, 26. Was, and I had, some, I had some peers, guys my age, who had grown up in church. I knew guys that, had, like me, had grown up in preacher's homes pastor's homes who had backslid for a while went out and did a bunch of crazy stuff drank did drugs slept around but they prayed back through 
things turned around. They got on the right path. They ended up in ministry. I'm being very transparent with you right now. I try to always be that way, but I'm being very transparent with you right now. I went through a phase. I was already married, but I went through a little bit of a phase where I was actually regretting the fact. I looked at them and the fact they had gone out and done a bunch of things I never did, and now they're in ministry. Some of them on track to become pastors of churches. Brother Barr, I honestly... Before God, there were some times I said, man, I could have I could have had a little fun. They did. They're back in church. I could have messed around a little while. I could have I could have tried a few things out. They prayed back through. I prayed. I could have prayed back through. I'm not saying that it was like this overwhelming struggle that I but it was it was something that was kind of nagging at me. Until one of those sessions at that youth manifest, that youth meet meeting. When one of those very guys that I looked at that had done that and was now back involved in ministry and was on the right path, great things were happening as he stood there telling his story and sharing his story of how he dealt even though God had forgiven him. He was still dealing with the shame and the guilt and the condemnation of that. Yeah, he came through it and God forgave him and he was on the right path. But he still was having to try to somehow get over all of that. And in that moment, all of a sudden, something clicked in my mind and said, you know what, a little bit of fun for a season and having gotten back in the church is not worth having to live with that kind of baggage. I'm preaching to some young people, not just the ones on the front row tonight, that oh man, that you, you've, you've got a chance... You've got a chance. I'm no better than anybody else. But for the grace of God, there go I. I didn't say all of that to try to build me up. But I am saying that to challenge some young people tonight. Yeah, you might be able to go out and fool around a little bit and find your way back to an altar and pray through and God use you. But why have to do that? Trying to get rid of a load from the past when you have the ability to just walk with God and do it like some have done before you. What use is it? What good is it? They don't do it and look at their lives. They're better than ours. Listen to what he says. Verse 16, King James, Then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another. And they that speared the Lord spake up. What, what, what is this thing about? What do we talk about? What, 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 what is this thing that matters? What our high places are and what we talk about? I'll tell you what it matters. Because if you've got some high places in your life and that's what you're talking about and it's got nothing to do with God, if there's nothing wrong with sports, I'm not here. I, I'm a sports fan. I'm not, I'm not an NBA fan. I, I can't really stand the NBA. No offense to those of you that like it. But I've, the, for whatever reasons, the past couple of weeks, I've been watching some of the playoffs here and there and I still can't stand it, but I keep watching. I'm watching just to reaffirm the fact that the GOAT doesn't play anymore. He retired a long time ago. Sorry to y'all, you young fellas. The goat does not play. They may call him king, but he ain't the king. 
Number 23, end of discussion, that's it. I'm, I, I, I like sports. I enjoy sports. I like to watch sports. I, I like to play them more than I like to watch them. And here's the thing. When all you ever talk about is the latest movie you've watched or this series or that series or this topic and that topic, God's not listening. But when they that feared the Lord spake often one to another, the Lord... He leaned in. He, he leaned in. Hey, look, look at those young people there driving down the road in their car on a Wednesday afternoon. And listen, they're, they're talking about me. They're talking about things that have to do with me. Do you know what, though? Anybody, anybody got a journal tonight? I, I know you girls usually take notes. I won't read it, I promise. Can I just see it for a second? I won't open it. You can lock it up, hold the key, I promise. You know what God does? He, he gets out his journal. He starts journaling your conversation. Man, listen. Listen to that. You know, all those that think it's worthless and doesn't matter, I, I'm, I'm going to write some things down, what they're saying about me. And a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name. And listen to what he says, they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts, in that day when I make up my jewels and I will spare them as a man spareth his own son that serveth him. Yeah, I realize looking around right now, maybe it seems like what's the use to serve the Lord? It is vain to serve God. What's it getting me? What's the advantages of it? It may not seem all that advantageous right now, but he says, if you're talking about me, I'm listening to you and I'm writing it all down. And one day you're going to be a trophy that I display. Yeah, Message Bible says it this way, verse 16. Then those whose lives honored God to, got together and talked it over. God saw what they were doing and listened in. A book was opened in God's presence and minutes were taken of the meeting. Oh, I said it this morning. My grandmother calls the Message Bible the messy Bible. She don't have much use for it. She's not here tonight and she doesn't have technology to watch, so I'm reading the message, messy Bible. I read it when she's here too. A, a book, a book, a book was opened in God's presence and, and minutes were taken of the meeting with the names of the God-fearers written down, all the names of those who honored God's name. Probably not Gabriel. He's got too many other important things to do. And I don't know the names of any other angels besides Gabriel. But Michael, he's busy too. Gabriel and Michael, you're right. That's the two I know. But they got, they got busier jobs and taking notes. Bigger jobs and taking notes. But there's one of them angels up there. God says, hey, come here. Bring your laptop. I need you taking some notes. They're talking about me. I want to remember this. I want, I, want, I want there to be a record of this because there's coming a day that I'm going to remember those that have honored my name. 
God of the angels army, God of the angel army said, they're mine, all mine. They'll get special treatment when I go into action. I treat them with the same consideration and kindness that parents give the child who honors them. Special. They're going to get special treatment. I got a question. What would you rather have? Special treatment here and now, the perks of this life here and now? Or would you rather get some special treatment when it's going to last forever? I, 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 I know, I don't know what, I don't know, we, we've been getting out of here late on Sunday mornings because of the long-winded preacher and it's 820, you're, I think it's 820. It's 7.20. 7? It's 8. I don't have numbers on my watch, so I... If you need to go, you can go. I'm not done. Hopefully the Lord's not done. Rather, the benefits of this life. Or would you rather God writing your name down in a book and saying, I've seen what you've done. I've seen how you've done it. I'm, I'm keeping track of it. And you may not feel like it's paying off right now. But there's a day that's coming. There's a day that's coming when it's all going to pay off. So you got you to gotta make up your mind. I'm not just going to do what's right in the sight of the Lord. But, but I'm just going to keep my high places because I, I want my high places. I got a question tonight. I'm I'm quitting. I'm trying to quit. I got a question tonight. What is it in your life? Is there something in your life tonight that you are unwilling to put on the altar? You have something in your life tonight. Is there anything anything in your life tonight? That you're unwilling to put it on the altar and say, God, if you choose to kill it, kill it. If you want to decide to let it live, let it live. But I'm putting it on the altar. I'll put my entertainment choices on the altar. I'll put my career choices on the altar. I'll put my friend choices on on the altar. I'll put my financial decisions on the altar. I'll put my time on the altar. I'll put my family on the altar. And I, 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 we, I, I don't, I don't think I have to qualify. I've preached it. I've said it. I believe priorities wise, it's God, family, and ministry. But just because it's God, family, and ministry, that doesn't mean family controls everything. That doesn't mean family governs everything. Is there anything, is there anything that you're unwilling to put on the altar tonight and say, God, I will give this to you. It's yours. I'm not going to keep it in a high place in my life and protect it and preserve it. It's yours. It's yours. I'm preaching to some people tonight, young, older, and old, that still have a call of God that is not fully finished, not fully fulfilled. 
I'm preaching to some people tonight. You know people that you're already in ministry, but you know you're, you, you haven't reached the climax of it, that there's still more that God's going to do in you and through you. But I'm here tonight challenging you in the Holy Ghost is your level of commitment and dedication for that has it plateaued do you have some altars do you have some high places that you're holding on to you're saying God I, I'm going to follow you but I'm, I'm just not quite willing to do it the way those did it before me and, and I'm still not quite willing to cut down to tear down the high places In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Amaziah, Amaziah, it doesn't matter what you paid for it. Amaziah, it doesn't matter how much you've invested in it already. God is able to give you much more. Amaziah, it doesn't matter if it feels like you're sacrificing having to give up what you've already purchased. God will give you back and more. I'm done preaching. I'm not done praying, but I'm done preaching. What you do from here on is up to you. I don't know. There probably is not even going to be musicians. There's not going to be any singing. So it's up to you what you, what you decide to do from here on out. But oh, I plead with you tonight. Would you let the Holy Ghost do something of eternal significance in you tonight? Would you make up your mind tonight? I don't want it to just be said of me. He followed God. She followed God. But, but not quite. Not quite like someone else. Not quite like those before. We've already sung it. I just want you. Nothing else. Nothing else will do. I just want you. I just want you. There's nothing else, God, that's worth sacrificing you. There's nothing else that's worth hanging on to at the risk of giving up you, God. At the risk of letting go of you, God. Nothing else is worth it, God. I preach to a younger generation tonight that I believe God has created you for such a time as this. And you are going to be, you have the potential of being participants in the greatest move of God that's ever happened in the history of mankind. I'm not just talking about in our lifetime. God's going to do the greatest things He's ever done in all of human history. And you've got the opportunity to be a part of it. But it's not going to be done on a half-hearted level of commitment. It's not going to be done with letting high places remain in your life. I know, I know you, I know many of you elders are not in the best of strength anymore. And, and I know some of you don't get around as well as you used to. But I just wonder if it, if at some point, if you'd willing, I wish I could get some of you elders here that have lived this. If you just, 
if you'd just kind of make your way through this altar and lay your hand on some of these younger folks, some of these folks that are here to pick up the baton that you've carried, some of these younger folks that it's their turn to run their leg of the race. You've already, I know you're not fully finished with what you're doing and what God's called you to do, but you, you, you're finishing up your leg of the race and it's now somebody else's turn to pick up that baton. I wish there would be, I wish there would be a transference in the spirit in this place tonight. I wish there would be some Davids in this place tonight, that there would be an impartation to this next generation. Oh, God, don't let it be said of this generation that we walk with you, but not quite like our fathers. Don't let it be said, God, that we walk with you, but, but not quite like those that went before us. Not for pride, say God, because if we really do this, it's not going to matter. But oh God, somehow let it be said of us that there wasn't any like them before and there's not any like them after. Don't let us find some comfortable level of mediocrity to live at. Don't let us find some convenient, comfortable level to live at where it it doesn't cost us too much. But, oh, God, help us to be willing to present our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto you as our reasonable service. God, don't let it be said of us as was said of those in Malachi that we spoke harsh words against you. That we spoke harsh words against you, God. Don't let that be said of us, but let us be those, God, that that book of remembrance is being written about. God, let us be those that you are hearkening to what we are saying. Let us be those, God, that you're leaning in to hear what we're saying. And there is a book of remembrance being written about it. Oh God, don't let it be said of us that we just knew how to talk the talk. Don't let it be said of us that we just knew how to talk the talk. But God, let us be a generation that knows how to walk the walk, God. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus, let there be some Hezekiah's birth in this place tonight, God. Let there be some Hezekiah's birth in this place tonight. (laughs) 
I just want you. Nothing else will do. I just want you. Nothing else will do. I don't, I don't want to let anything take your place. I don't want anything to occupy space in my life that you ought to be occupying, God. I don't want anything taking up space in my life that ought to be space for you, God. I just want you. Oh, Come on, Amaziah. Come on, Amaziah. There's no price too big to pay. There's no price too big to pay. God will repay. God will repay whatever you give up, whatever you have to sacrifice. God will repay. Karamanda Robusata Yala Bahaya Yarabakayando Robusata La Bahaya Ilamando Roboshe Yarabo Korianda La Bahai Yarabasiando Robosikayando Roboshata La Bahaya Nothing else, nothing else, nothing else, nothing else will do. I just want you. 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 I don't want you at a discounted price. I don't want you, God, for a cheaper price. I want you whatever it costs. I want you, God, no matter what it takes. I want you, God, no matter what I have to lay down. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Ayarabasataya, Ikoromo Satala Mandarabaya, Shela Mando Robo Kosata Rabaka Yandala, Ikaramaya Ndorobo Seki Ayaramanda Yatolomo Shataya.